Greetings, constant listeners. It's Gen 2, the Rage Adams. What you're about to hear is a clip from our Patreon exclusive series, Randall, Dan, and Mel's Halloween Hell 2022. All three losers watched a horror movie every day in October, and now they're breaking down the highs and lows of their cinematic journeys. Together, they debate the month's newest horror releases, Hellraiser, Smile, VHS 99, Halloween Ends, and discuss what's not being said about the burgeoning Terrifier franchise. They also enjoy extended riffs on the simple pleasures of Chucky, the bizarre eroticism of Toby Hooper's life force, and the disparate appeals of Cronenberg's David and Brandon. All in all, the trio discusses roughly 60 to 70 horror movies, spanning a myriad of decades, styles, tones, and kill counts. How do you hear the full thing? Get it now by subscribing through the link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash thebarons. Hope to see you there over long days and pleasant nights. Okay, uh, let's move on to our superlatives. We're going to start with our top five movies, um, and let's rank them. Uh, Dan, are you ready? Can you rank your top five? Oh, yeah. I've got them listed out right here. So my top five, I, my favorite one I actually haven't even talked about yet, was Duel by Steven Spielberg, uh, which... Was that his I first movie? Very first movie, yeah. I've never it, seen I, it. Was Sugarland Express? No, Duel was the first one. It was a TV movie. Um, do we want, should I say anything about them or just share the list? Yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. about them. I mean, let's, no, was, let's try uh, not to spoil, but yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because I think Hitcher was described. I was just going to say Mel, this. I was just. Do, did you describe it? No, as it was someone else. So duel with a person. <laughs> so this is like the Hitcher or the truck. But but uh, honestly, it is. It, the similarities go beyond just the Southwestern setting and the sort of um, call to manliness or whatever. There it, is a person driving the truck, though, right? Like it's, there is. It's implied. You never, you, you see their arms and their legs, you never yeah. see their face, though. But it's similar to the Hitcher. Because I remember you described the Hitcher as being like a movie where the villain is trying to train the hero to be in a horror movie. It's almost this like call to action. And Duel is a very similar thing. And it's Spielberg, right? It's, it's young Spielberg, so it just has a ton of artistry in it. And it, um, ge- like genuinely adrenaline seeking. And, and some of the sequences are also weird. Like there's a scene where the truck driver is chasing the man through like a roadside reptile stand like a lady selling snakes and so the stuff keeps crashing and there's like serpents going every i mean it's it's very it, it feels weirder than most spielberg movies do um i was completely blown away by it. i thought it was going to feel dated it did not at all it, it's still like a genuinely lean and mean thriller um so that duel is my favorite most affecting uh next was hell house llc yeah I, uh it's great i won't spoil too much about that movie because I, I think the less you know about it the better i had heard that movie hyped by mike rothman and, and others and it definitely lived up to that also it's really fun because you get to the main plot is them putting together a haunted house which i thought was fun to watch just from like a hangout perspective i mean it's very scary and everything too but it's a genuinely interesting non-horror story uh killing of a sacred deer which um we talked about a little bit but uh it's funny because people keep saying, oh, well, I'll never watch that movie again. It was really good. I think I actually will because I was a little bit lost in what they were saying with the ending. But I feel like maybe if I rewatch it, there's some more thematic meat there than getting. And also having just had a kid, there's something very uncomfortable about <laughs> watching the central uh, dilemma of that movie. And uh, and doesn't it open how... with like surgery? It does. Open yeah. Heart. yeah. I remember yeah, I remember surgery, yeah. I was a little late to that movie and I walked in like as that was <laughs> happening. I was like, oh, we're right in it, aren't we? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, it goes for the throat pretty right away. But it's funny because the acting purposely, I think, in the beginning is very um, 
almost like Stepford Wives ish, like very kind of happy and fake. And I think there's a specific reason for that. As this sort of invasive force comes into their lives, the acting becomes a lot more raw and real. And you find out um, some secrets of the main character's past. Uh, yeah, but re- re- once again, another movie that lived up to the hype. And even though it's not a very pleasant movie to watch, I do keep thinking about it, which leads me to believe I might watch it again. And then, uh, yeah, the two VHS movies, 94, I think, is the stronger of the two just in terms of the segments. But 99 is right after that for the aesthetic reasons I already mentioned. Um, yeah, I mean, I give all those four and a half. So that, that, that I think those were the only ones I gave four and a half. So it was uh, it was very clear what my top five were. The star ratings speak for itself. Nice. Were there any movies that you gave high star ratings to that you feel like over time you would give it less? Oh, less. I was going to say no, not not for less necessarily. I still don't really know how I quite feel about it, but I always think, okay, the movie doesn't leave my head and I'm still sorting it out in my in in my brain of like what it means, why I'm drawn to it, what it was saying, etc. That's usually a good sign to me and the fact that I want to revisit it. Um, let me let me pull up my list real, real quick. Well, why don't you no, think but, about it? We can talk about yeah. it in a little bit. Mel, yeah. top five. Top five. All right. I so I'll try and rank them, but they're so tonally different from each other that it's a little tough. I do think that coming in first, um, I think Kill List has to do it, which is a surprise to me. I I loved Kill List so much. Now that we've established that I'm a huge acting snob, I think it should come as no surprise that some of my favorite horror movies in particular are ones where they let the actors improvise uh, the majority of the dialogue and that is the case for this film who are um, the leads it's like michael smiley he's the I one i remember the most um he's fantastic he's yeah. so fucking good the it just feels so real and when you can do that and then also inject unreality like there's nothing better for me that is the best that horror can get is is completely immersed in a a very consistent and recognizable reality. Now let's fuck it up and have those characters remain as true to life as they have been, but something incredibly bizarre is always going on. And Mm -hmm. like, I I mean, it sounds simple, like a simple equation, but it it doesn't get pulled off with aplomb too often. And I know that the ending frustrates some people in that it, it seems abstract and a little out of nowhere, but um, I, I think it is a seeded throughout the whole film. Like it shouldn't be a, the surprise by the time it happens. Like we we have sort of seen this coming through many uh, many little clues throughout the way that are very explicit. And b it is it just makes total sense. It's how you know that that quote about good writing or a good ending should be a surprising yet inevitable. And I feel like that that is very true of this film. Um, yeah. And it just brought me back to the whole exercise again. That was the week I was in a slump. So that could have something to do with the high rating, but it just kind of invigorated me and, and reanimated me back into. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's I, Ben I, Wheatley. I know, I know nothing about it. Yeah, I it. believe it's a Ben Wheatley movie and I'm, I'm kind of hot or cold on him, but that, that one I remember being deeply struck by when I watched it. I haven't revisited it in probably about 10 years though. So it was great. Um, second. Lair of the White Worm, we've already talked about it. it yeah. It's so tonally different from Kill List. Um, it's funny. It's sexy. Um, Amanda Donahoe is owning it. It's got a lot of snake iconography, and I, I love snakes, and I love how we connect snakes and worms to various, uh, like, phallic, but just generally sexual imagery. And in fact, they're so interesting because they are both associated with, like, 
the sexy feminine and the sexy masculine. There, I just love snakes, so I mean, sure, that's that's up there. Um, yeah. Possessor, which is a surprise to me that yeah. it's that it's up there because when I saw it, I was kind of like, I'm not sure I dig this that much. And then over time, I think I came to really, really admire just how consistent and laborious of a vision it was. Like it is just so assured in itself and like committed to to this world that it has built so painstakingly um that i i just have to recognize that it is one of the best films on this list like whether Mm. or not i was like so enthralled during its runtime um i i admire it so much and i yeah that's how i felt it was definitely a movie i admired but didn't particularly enjoy i found it very sterile at times but i think that's like, there's such a coldness to it that I think is intentional. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. And, and that's that, on purpose. Re- and I feel like it's so yeah. smart, especially when your dad is David Cronenberg, like, and yeah. you are also going to be doing body horror. Like, again, I don't know if this is intentional on Brandon's part, but like, to then kind of be like, I'm going to do body horror, but it is going to be shocking in a different way from my, my yeah. father's work. Um, yeah, it definitely didn't feel like Cronenberg. Yeah. Or like a David Cronenberg. Yeah. Um, Life Force, which I feel like I'm going like, serious fun serious fun and like life force <laughs> is so fun and, I, and that's toby hooper right it's toby hooper who i'm like is toby hooper my favorite director <laughs> like, um but life force was such a fucking treat it came in late in the game it is also just off the walls horny in ways that throw <laughs> gender and other shit out the window um, the effects are incredible. I have never seen a movie successfully stuff so much into itself as this one does. Because if you like zombies, if you like aliens, if you like vampires, if you like the thing, if you like special effects that look really gnarly and wet, if you like a naked woman walking around for the whole time, if you <laughs> like I? Patrick Stewart being possessed by the naked woman, like playing an insane asylum proprietor. And it You're all speaking my language. It all and I, I it all makes sense. Like it's actually <laughs> incredible. Like I've never seen a movie like this before in my life and cannot recommend it highly uh, enough. I remember when uh my dad showed me Life Force. I was probably middle school or something. And before he turned on, he he he, he was like serious. He's like he's like, Look, there's a woman like walking around naked the whole time, all right? Just like <laughs> <laughs> almost like just take just take it easy, okay? Like, take it easy. <laughs> don't start <laughs> jerking <laughs> off during the movie. <laughs> I also love life. I, I also love life force too. But I always remember him just being like, "Look, I'm gonna show you this to you. Just like, like be cool about it. All right? Be cool. <laughs> so, uh, That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, it's a great. It's a great movie. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. 